Well, the conversation we're going to have today uh, is admittedly a discussion that we've had uh, a number of times uh, around here over the years. But I kind of feel like uh, in light of this series that we're in the middle of, of being overwhelmed by God's love, the way in which we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about today, I feel like at some level we've never talked about like this, at least, uh, before. So I'm really excited about this morning. Um, today we're here to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're unfamiliar with things of faith, the Holy Spirit is um, kind of like the silent third partner of the Trinity. The triune, meaning three in one God. One God, three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it's kind of an interesting timing for a conversation about the Holy Spirit coming off of Easter and just an incredible weekend of celebrating the death and resurrection of Christ because in the biographical accounts of Jesus following his death and resurrection the Holy Spirit was the one thing or more accurately the one person he wanted to talk about with his original followers in, uh, in the book of Acts, in chapter 1, verse 8, as an example, uh, he says this, uh, in his resurrected state to his original followers, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What Jesus is explaining here. Um, to his original followers is that his death and resurrection, as incredible as they are, as much as they sealed the fate on sin and evil and death once and for all time in a way that, again, we got to celebrate incredibly last weekend in Good Friday and on Easter Sunday, he's saying his death and resurrection isn't the end. That there's actually more to this incredible story. And the more is the availability of his Holy Spirit now that Jesus has risen from the dead. So one of the wonders of Jesus' resurrection is making his living spirit, the Holy Spirit, the very spiritual life and presence that enabled Jesus to be and do everything that he was able to be and do when he walked the earth in human form. And he's now able to make that available to followers of his to receive for themselves. And Jesus says that when followers receive his Holy Spirit, they're going to receive power, he says, to be their witnesses where they live and around the world. And I know that around here we've talked many times about the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit and the way in which he desires to resource and to empower believers. But what I don't know if we've considered all that much, if at all, is the way that this making available of the Holy Spirit is actually a fundamental act of love to us by God. Take a look at what it says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 5 where it says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given 
to us. This gift that Jesus made available through his death and resurrection of the Holy Spirit, this gift to forgiven believers is actually an expression of God's love poured into us. It's not just his life and presence. It's ultimately his love. And so this morning, we want to unpack some, what for some of us will be some familiar ideas, but hopefully look at them very differently from a fresh angle, from the perspective of the work of the Holy Spirit, from the perspective of the love that God pours into us. So let's consider for starters, um, one of the two ways that the Holy Spirit, uh, generally speaking, works in believers' lives. Uh, One of the two ways that Jesus would have understood the Holy Spirit to enable believers to be his witnesses. And that's in the way that the Holy Spirit transforms the character of followers of Jesus progressively into the image of Christ. One of the ways that we can be that witness is by living a life resembling an attitude and character, the person of Jesus. And so in the way that we be, in who we are and who we become, the Holy Spirit significantly works in changing us from the inside out. If you have your mini mag and you're taking notes today, um, you can write this down for starters, that the Holy Spirit, this is one of his core functions, the Holy Spirit empowers our growth. He transforms us from the inside out. And again, I know that we've talked about this many times in a setting like this. We look at verses like Philippians 2.13 many times. It says there, it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And we've understood before that the spirit of God doesn't just invade believers' lives and enable us to behave differently. God actually touches our underlying motivations to even want to be different. He's so deeply transformative in our lives. And so a life of spiritual growth we've discussed before is a journey of progressively being changed into the image of Jesus where we're exuding his character and his attributes to a greater degree. And the Bible describes that exuding of the person and likeness of Christ as bearing what the scriptures call the fruit of God's spirit. In Galatians 5, it says this, the acts or the behaviors of the flesh of of spiritually empty humans are obvious things like sexual immorality and impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. It's one of those like circle all that apply to you kind of tests. Maybe not so much the witchcraft, but I'm sure there's a few. And, uh, and yet it goes on to say, but the fruit of the Spirit of God is love and joy and peace and forbearance or patience, kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what the scriptures teach is that through the death and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus' invitation to follow him, to learn of him, and to live like him was never intended to be something that we do on our own resources, of our own strength. It's something that through Christ's death and resurrection, he's made the Holy Spirit available to do for us and in us in transforming us from the inside out. So when we begin to live more like that, exuding those kind of Christ-like character traits, we're exuding the fruit of the Holy Spirit's work 
in us. Because fundamental to the work of the Holy Spirit is empowering our growth. Now, I know that we've talked about that in environments like this before, but what I don't know if we've considered before is the way, as Romans 5, 5 described, the way that God pours his love out through pouring the Holy Spirit into us and allowing him to do that kind of work. Whether we've acquainted the transforming work of the Holy Spirit with the heart of love of God. And I was thinking back, just to think about this a little bit, to um, a few months ago when we were all watching the Winter Olympics. I know that you don't want to think about winter this time of year at all, but if you can just bear with me for a moment and think about, think about those Procter & Gamble commercials. Do you remember those? Um, I think they were by Dove. They were, they were called Thank You, Mom. And for those two weeks, they had people all around the world all misty-eyed because they profiled all these investments that mothers made in order to make their kids into Olympians. And as a society, commercials like that really touch our hearts. They work because they tap into a deep sense of love from a parent or leader who will give of themselves and invest themselves, make a deep sacrificial commitment to develop another person, to bring out the best in someone they care about. Those stories always touch our heart, don't they? Those stories of the, the single mom who took the second job so that their child could get that college degree or the, the, the dad who woke up 30 minutes earlier every morning to drive their kid, you know, 30 extra minutes uphill both ways in the middle of the blizzards of winter to realize their hockey dreams or the piano teacher who, you know, spent extra hours every Saturday morning helping their student develop that much more. Or the school teacher who stayed after class a half hour every single day so that that struggling student could really get it and not just survive, but thrive. We love stories like that, don't we? Stories like that communicate a heart of love, a heart of someone who wants to give the best of what they have to make sacrifices out of, out of compassion and care to build into someone else, to invest in someone else, and to bring out the best in that person as they develop them. Well, now think about that heart from the perspective of God through his Holy Spirit that empowers our growth. Because God isn't just investing in a few of us. God's made his Holy Spirit available to every single one of us, no matter who we are or what we've done. And he's not just trying to develop us in surface, meaningful ways, helping us improve our, our slap shot. God is trying to fundamentally change who we are from the inside out in our attitudes, our character, our integrity, and ultimately our, our legacy. And he isn't just investing the occasional extra hour and a little bit of extra time and money into this. God gave his very life to death, to rise again, so that he could make his Holy Spirit available to us to develop us. God has literally given his everything to bring out the very best in us because of his immeasurable love for you and me. And I just hope that we can pause long enough this morning to realize that if we can get misty-eyed about a 30-second commercial around the Olympics... I hope that we can be just a little bit more overwhelmed by the amazing love of God that he has poured into us through his Holy Spirit who empowers our growth. 
Now, as if that wasn't enough, um, there's a second function to the Holy Spirit's work in addition to enabling us, as Jesus described, to be our witnesses through the way that we lived, through the kind of people we would be and become. Another way that Jesus envisioned us being as witnesses is also by doing different things, not just by being different, but by doing different things. And the Holy Spirit also resources that activity as well. And the resurrected Jesus talked about this with his original disciples. Uh, in Matthew 28, among other places, it says this. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded to you. And surely, he says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. At this point in history, Jesus is giving his existing and then would-be disciples a job description. In fact, he's transferring his job onto his and future disciples in order to perpetuate and ultimately multiply his work in the world. And one of the core functions of the Holy Spirit, when Jesus says he's giving, he has all authority and he's transferring that authority onto his disciples and he's saying, I'll be with you through the ends of the age. He's promising that his Holy Spirit will be the resource through which followers of Jesus can propagate and continue the work of Jesus even after Jesus has left this earth. Because in spirit, by his Holy Spirit, that same power that enabled Jesus to do that work when he walked the earth enables people for years to come to do that same work in even more incredible ways. And one of the ways the scriptures describe the Holy Spirit enables believers to do this work is by empowering what's called the gifts of the Holy Spirit in each believer. The unique attributes that the Holy Spirit gives believers and the unique strengths that believers have that the Holy Spirit energizes in really spectacular ways. And in 1 Corinthians 12, it describes this briefly. The whole chapter is devoted to this, but we'll read a few verses where it says in verse 1, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. It says later, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit that distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord, different kinds of working. But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And to each believer, the manifestation, the outworking of the Holy Spirit is given for the common good. Understand that this is a core function of the Holy Spirit to enable believers through energizing spirit-filled gifts and strengths to enable believers to perpetuate and to multiply the work of Jesus in the world, to continue the legacy and the impact of his eternity-altering, difference-making, kingdom-building work all across planet Earth. So if you're taking notes today, the Holy Spirit not only empowers our growth in enabling us to be different, the Holy Spirit also empowers our gifts and enables us to do the work that Jesus just started, that he then entrusted you and me and others like us to do. Now again, 
We've talked about this many, many times in a setting like this. We've said, I know a number of times that God's plan A to change the world is what we call the church, the family of God, the collection of believers. And really there is no plan B. There's no, there's no backup plan to you and I and us together. We talk a lot about how the church is the body of Christ, the, the, the assembly and the unification of all of these different members, all of these unique parts that individually are energized by God's spirit and together uniquely, but unitedly can make the difference that God intends in real multiplied ways these days. We've talked about that many times. We understand the responsibility that we have as followers of Jesus to steward those gifts of the Holy Spirit, to identify them, to discover the uniquenesses in ourselves and to allow God to leverage them, to involve ourselves in his work in the world and to make the difference that Jesus died and rose again and entrusted us with the Holy Spirit to make. Those are the kind of conversations we typically have around here when we're talking about the Holy Spirit empowering us to do what God intends us to do. But I wonder again whether we've considered the way in which the love of God is actually poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who in this case is empowering our gifts. Think about a time when you were invited to bear a significant responsibility on someone else's behalf. Maybe someone asked you to play the lead in a play or production that they were running or they were a part of, or someone asked you to be part of or to play an instrument or to sing in their band, or someone picked you, selected you from other people, from among other people to be part of their sports team, or they hired you. They said, we want you. When can you start? What did that feel like? It felt, I'm sure, more than just that the person wanted to use you, more than they were treating you like a, a robot or a piece of machinery, more than you were a widget. When someone does that to you, when someone says that to you, they make you feel special. They make you feel set apart. They make you feel valued and important. And that's the statement that God wants to make. You know, Especially when you think about when those invitations of inclusion are including somebody into something that someone really values. You know, like someone who lets a person drive their prized, coveted sports car that they keep in the garage under the tarp for the winter. You know, when they hand over those keys, they're really letting you into something special. Or when someone lets a person or lets one of their children become a partner in their family business and entrust them with that degree of importance to their lives. When you're doing that, you're really saying something special about the person. You're really exerting trust and affirmation and ultimately love. Because if you stop and think about it, that's exactly what God is doing by giving the Holy Spirit to you and I and allowing us to participate in the work that Jesus started that we get to continue in the world by his strength. God's saying that I trust you. And I want you to be part of what I'm doing. And I want to resource you. And I want to work with you so that we can be side by side and in this one thing together. The one thing that God cares about most in the world. His eternity altering timeless plan to build his kingdom and make a difference in the lives of people all across the planet. I know that we thought about that 
as far as the responsibility that we have to get in the game and use our gifts and make that difference with our one and only lives. But we, have we ever stopped to think about the statement of love that God is making by wanting us to be part of that eternity altering plan? And have we considered the way that God has poured his love out on us through his Holy Spirit in our hearts, not just in the way that he empowers our growth, but in the way that he empowers our gifts and allows us to be part of this difference-making work in the world. There's a mental shift that I'm hoping each of us can make today in the way that we understand how God works. Because I think for many of us, when we think about, you know, becoming a different person as a follower of Jesus, when we think about the, the, the opportunity for spiritual growth, you know, many times we can assume that that's a burden or responsibility on our part, something that we need to do in order to trigger the love of God. And similarly, when we think about participating in the work that God is involved in in the world, when we think about serving Christ and using our gifts, we can view it as something that we do in order to please God, something we do in order to make God love us. And sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, we all feel like growing in Christ and serving Christ are things that we actually do to trigger the love of God for us. When in reality, gang, from a biblical perspective, the exact opposite is true. And the opportunity that we have to grow spiritually, let alone the opportunity that we have to serve Christ and be involved in the adventure of making a difference all around the world, those are triggered because of God's love. They're not things we do to activate God's love. They're things that are activated in us because of God's love. Because of the way he pours out his Holy Spirit into us to empower our growth and empower our gifts. And I hope that this morning we can understand that this way of life of faith in Christ is fundamentally different because of the immeasurable, unbelievable, overwhelming love that God has for us. And I hope we can anchor ourselves in a verse like 1 John 4, 19 that says we love because God first loved us. We love because God first loved us. We can become people of love because of the love that God has poured out in his Holy Spirit that empowers our growth. And we can engage in sharing the love and the life-changing message of Jesus Christ to people all around our neighborhoods and schools and homes and whatever to the ends of the earth. All because the love that God has poured out in his Holy Spirit that empowers our gifts. It's because of God's love that we get to be people who love in response. And I hope that that can not only shift something in your mind, but can penetrate in your heart this morning. Because I know if it does, it will make a world of difference. Because I know my own spiritual journey years ago, it made a world of difference for me. In fact, I would probably go so far as to say that understanding, really finally understanding that the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, this third member of the Trinity, when I, when I finally really understood what he existed to do, it, it totally changed my perspective on who God was and how he related to me. 
You know, when I, when I was able to make that mental shift and realize that spiritual growth wasn't something that I had to do for God to earn his love. It was something that God by his spirit wanted to do in and for me because of his love. God was no longer that judge, you know, sitting on high, kind of tisking and rolling his eyes with every mistake I make, waiting for me to get my act together. And then on top of that, when I realized that God actually wanted to include someone like me, someone who had denied and disobeyed and disappointed him so many times, want to include me into his cherished work in the world, include me in his plan A, include me with unique gifts that could make a significant difference in the lives of others. I realized that doing things for God wasn't something that I I did on my own in order to generate his approval. It was something that I did in partnership with him, energized by his spiritual strength because of his love. And, you know, instead of a God that was just kind of like a disappointed parent waiting for me to make something of my life, God was now a partner, a co-laborer, someone who'd allowed me to kind of you know, drive in his precious vehicle, run that, that race along with him and, and be part of this adventure with him, co-laboring for Christ. And I've thought a lot this week about, you know, how, how, how I could image this, how we could bring this to life so that these ideas of the role of the Holy Spirit can penetrate beyond our heads and into our hearts. And we can be overwhelmed with the love of God that he has poured into us by his Holy Spirit. I thought this is going to be difficult to do because the Holy Spirit is invisible and in that sense, inanimate, in, in, an intangible, you know, palpable at times, but but very difficult to image. And all, all week I was wrestling with, you know, how, how can we bring this to life? How can we ultimately bring the role of the Holy Spirit that demonstrates the love of God to life in a way that's really gonna sink into our hearts? And then on Monday morning, I watched the 118th running of the Boston Marathon and uh, got to watch a, a portion of it that profiled the swan song of uh, a team, a family team known as Team Hoyt. Team Hoyt is a father and son combo. Uh, the dad's name is Dick Hoyt. The son's name is Ricky Hoyt. He was born a quadriplegic with cerebral palsy. And together, Dick has carried through wheelchairs and other contraptions, he's carried his son Ricky through races and through triathlons, even marathons, even the Ironman triathlon a number of times over the past 37 years. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to close with um, the video that's actually on their website, their Team Hoyt website, because what started off as a journey of father and son uh, out of a heart to just give their son a taste of a normal life has now become an inspiration to thousands all around the world. And so I want to close by having us Watch just a few minutes of this profile video uh, celebrating the life and adventure of Team Hoyt. But I want you to look at it from the perspective of the role that God allows the Holy Spirit to play in your life and mine. And allow this clip to really touch your heart. 
Check this out. You know what it says on the Team Hoyt website? It says that Team Hoyt strives to help those who are physically disabled to become active members of the community. And when I read that, I thought, you know, from a spiritual perspective, that's exactly what God through the Holy Spirit exists to do. To take people who are spiritually, literally disabled, unable to be and to do all the things that God wants us to become and achieve. And he enters into our hearts and he enables us by empowering our growth and empowering our gifts. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And he strives and he strives and he strives just like Ricky Hoyt's father. And I hope in the same way today that we don't just understand what God intends to do through this part of his trinity. I hope that we can be overwhelmed by his love for us. By just how much he wants to give of himself to invest in us. By just how deeply he wants to include us in his adventure and run this race together with him. And I hope that from this moment on, we will pursue a life of spiritual growth and pursue a life of giving the very best of our gifts here on planet Earth back to God. But I pray that we'll do that not to earn his love, but that we'll do it because we're overwhelmed by his love for us. The love that God pours into our hearts by his Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. God, we just want to pause for a moment and say thanks for loving us that much, for working that hard, for bearing that much burden, for giving that much of yourself, for pouring everything you are out on us, even to death, so that we could be active participants in your community through nothing that we could earn or deserve. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the way that you want to make us into different people and the way that you want to use us extraordinarily to be difference makers on planet Earth. But I pray for now that we would just pause and reflect on the reality that this same power that once lived in Jesus when he walked the earth, that now lives in us, is more than anything, just a deep, deep expression of your love for us. I pray that more and more you would bring that aspect of who you are to our lives and overwhelm us with your love so that we can grow and serve you, not to trigger your love, but because of it. That we can be people that love lavishly because of how lavishly you've loved us. We pray all this. In Jesus' name and in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen.